Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back. Episode number three, four, three, three. <laughs> Episode number three. Uh, so, mashallah, today we have uh, two beautiful brothers. Mashallah. Uh, <laughs> Khudr and, and, and Khudr. And Khudr. <laughs> Khudr and Noor. Mashallah. You guys are not brothers, right? Cousins. Cousins. Oh, cousins? Actually, yeah. Cousins. Oh, like his mom is my dad's sister. Yeah. Oh, mashallah, mashallah. So knowledge runs in the family. My mom's brother. Yeah, it oh, works yeah, that yeah. way. Just in case, you know, yeah. someone doesn't know how to. Oh, mashallah. So yeah. I for, I just lost it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We're cousins, basically. Like yeah. actually, yeah. 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 That's yeah. good. Yeah. Knowledge yeah, good runs stuff. in the family. Mashallah. Yeah, you know. So what do you guys do? Like, you guys go to school? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is there, is there an order to this? Like, do uh, I I'm start? Just asking, I'm yeah, just yeah. Asking. I don't like. Like, is there an order to who? Yeah. Like, okay. this is the first time we're together. I haven't, like, I haven't like, been in school since what two two thousand thirteen, probably. Yeah. Wow. So it's been a while. It's definitely been a while. Yeah. What about you? I'm uh, I'm finishing up my masters in the fall, inshallah. Inshallah. Okay. Taking next courses. I'm studying inclusive education at McGill, which is basically how to how to make a classroom, uh, how to teach a classroom with different learning difficulties nice. and different you know demographics and and how to make it. A comfortable environment and a, and a learning inducive environment for everybody instead of having to like okay so basically this is not really a part of our topic today but basically the way education's always been is you sort of cater to the to the median right like to the to the average student but then there's a bunch of students who are weaker who don't really get anything yeah, exactly. and students who are stronger who are just bored yeah um so the idea is now you sort of develop a classroom where everybody is challenged at their own level and they can all sort of meet the same marks at the end mm-hmm. but in their own way based on their own creativity and their own you know, specialties and stuff. So oh, it's good. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, bro. So it's been how long now? How, how long you got for your, for your uh, P- master's, right? Master's, master's. Yeah, yeah. it's my, uh, it should be, it's a two year program, but I've taken yeah. it slow. So it's been like three years. I'm in it. Alhamdulillah. 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 So topic of the day, uh, we had uh, how to be productive in the summer. And uh, a lot of people, you know, tend to uh, get closer to Allah in, in the summer, maybe because, because, you know, Ramadan was, for the last few years was in the summer so people would tend to you know get closer to allah but now it's you know getting closer to winter and uh so how do you get closer to allah but what's your what's your what's your tips what are your tips i'll go with me in, first in the summer in particular or just in general no, just in general just in general yeah i guess in in general um of course you don't learn how to love something or appreciate something if you don't know about that mm. being or or you know subject right so like if you're really into cameras, let's say you're going to watch a bunch of, you know, camera videos and mm. learn a little bit more about the technology itself. You're going to really love a game or something like that. You're going to probably like study like streamers or whatever it is playing that game and trying to literally pick out everything. So I, I feel like one of the first things that you really need in order to really connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a little source of knowledge that is recurring that will keep you engaged and keep you learning about what Allah is. And ultimately, the more you learn about him, I feel like automatically your love for him just grows. And that's just the beautiful thing about, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as, as a creator, of course. That's that's the first thing that I would say. But you, Khudr. 100%. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, like the, the more you get to know it, the more you love it. Um, yeah. I also think that your your environment, your surroundings are super important. I think Hadis in episode two speaks about that a little bit. Exactly. But growing up Muslim, that Muslim environment. Yeah, exactly. Right? So I think like uh, who you surround yourself with is like a huge factor in that. Like back when I was working at Le Savoir, it's like a Muslim school, right? Mm -hmm. So like at work, I'm surrounded by Muslims Mm -hmm. and we were doing the halaqa there, Muslim. My wife, Muslim. 
you know, like try to be practicing together. So like everywhere I'm at, it's like I'm reminded of Islam. So it just brings you closer to Allah. Now mm -hmm. I work in a Christian school. Mm -hmm. So I still keep my Islam, yeah. but I definitely feel like it's not the same. You yeah, know, sure. like being constantly in that Muslim bubble helps, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard. It's not possible for everyone to do that. But I think the more you can spend time with like people who remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like that surrounding that, mm. you know, even even psychologically, like addictions work that way, too. You know, like if you're if you're addicted to, to smoking, for example, and you always smoke in the same room, if you go into that room, if you're trying to quit smoking, it's going to make you want to smoke like just that vibe, that environment yeah. is going to make you want to go back to that. So I think if you surround yourself with people who remind you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you start to make different locations remind you of Allah and you, you worship him in different places in different ways, then everything sort of reminds you of that. There's always that connection. You always are reminded. You're always brought back to that addiction to, you know, becoming yeah. more pious. Yeah. So basically you can say like, uh, like reminded to prayer, right? So when you're with your Muslim friends, it's easier to, you know, hey guys, let's go pray the Dhuhr or hey guys, let's go, you know, pray Maghrib. And again, you're with your, again, uh, your non-Muslim friends. It's a bit harder, right? Again, you have it in the back of your head. You're like, you know, I'm going to do it later because, you know, I don't want to ruin the vibe. Yeah. You know, it's always like that. You know, I, I, I grew up as well, like with Quebecois only. And then it was a bit harder, you know, with them to be like, oh, guys, I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. Right. So I understand. And again, uh, when you were at school, you know, especially you had John Lemonet, you're, you're teaching mm -hmm. there, right? Yeah. Uh, over there, you know, uh, we heard stories, you know, the, the, what's it called? The Salah room, the prayer room and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, like, you see, you see these guys, you know, trying and all that. Do you, you kind of, you know, uh, help out, you know, with, was it easy to like, uh, kind of influence them as a teacher? You know, again, they look at, look up to you, obviously. Do you think you're talking about the Muslim kids or non-Muslim kids? The Muslim kids. Yeah. Yo, kinda. honestly, bro, they, they inspire me, bro. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah like you, like, I'm going to straight up, like, uh, what was that called? When you, when you shout out somebody, when you, when you name drop, when name drop right now. Yeah. Okay. Samir Baig. <laughs> Should be one of the next next interviewees here on the on the show. Inshallah. Uh, inshallah, yeah, man. Like when I started working on Lamanet, I would just go into a random class and just pray, just like yep. me, you know. And then Samir's like, "Yo, bro, can you ask the principal to get us a prayer room?" And it was my first year there. It's a good school. It's a good job. I was like, man, should I rock the boat, you know? Yeah. But I was like, yo, imagine if this like 15, 16 year old kid is telling me he wants a prayer room, and I'm gonna be like, nah, bro, like. You know, I like, yeah, <laughs> what, what is that? You know, yeah. It really shows me up, you know? Yeah. So subhanAllah, I was really stressed, uh, made dua, went to the principal, and it was like the easiest conversation I ever had. It was like, that. straight up, I was like, hey, you know, I, I work at the mosque, and I'm trying to like beat around the bush, and I'm like, ah, you know, I'm trying, yeah, it's a community thing, communal Muslims, you know, Muslims, <laughs> they do the most prayer thing, right? Yeah. And you know, Muslims, Muslim kids come here, and I'm, yeah. I'm really like, you know, yeah. and then he's like, yeah what do you want yeah. Like, yeah, do it. yeah exactly i'm like um can we have like a room like i would supervise it like free i wouldn't charge you guys you know because because basically if, if you're a teacher with students in a room they got to pay you so I'm like, i wouldn't take any money it's like a volunteer thing and he's like you want to like pray in a room I'm like yeah please he's like yeah sure like of course why would i say no to that like we've done it before you know he's super chill about it i think as muslims we feel very awkward about like Things we shouldn't feel awkward about, like yeah, for sure. you know, like oh, I, I can't pray in public. Like, what, what's gonna happen? Like, yeah. nothing's gonna happen, bro. Like, yeah, someone, yeah. someone's gonna walk by, walk in their dog, look at you, and be like, okay, cool. Like, keep walking, yeah, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. get yeah. so nervous, like for nothing. Subhanallah. Yeah. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I would really add to that, like you know, when you're talking about environment and the importance of environment, a lot of people will usually um, really opt in in the sense that this is this has to do with your friends, your circle, who you hang out with. But I think Khudr really brought a really good point that it's also location environment as well. Mm. And they both equally play a very important role in 
establishing that proper environment for proper change and just you know some someone becoming a better version of themselves i guess yeah, that's sure. what to put it what's what's some good advice you think you can give somebody for to like establish an optimal kind of place to, to or or like loca- using location as yeah. a way to sort of remind them of los pantalo get closer to allah 100% i mean look like uh for example uh one of the things that uh my wife and I, like, we we agreed upon, like, we're going to be moving soon. We're getting a new place, inshallah. In that place, what we're planning on doing is having, like, a, a part of a room dedicated to prayer, dedicated to, you know, reading Quran and so on and so forth. It's beautiful. And the reason for that is literally because it trains you that when you're in that section, that's all you kind of think about. That's when you're kind of zoned in into that particular action. 100%. For example, like, you know how a lot of us had to work from home um, during, you know, COVID mm-hmm. for, for people who are at work and so on. And it's very difficult to kind of be in a limited space. Yeah, and disassociate like hundred percent. You know, like if you're especially if your office is in your bedroom, it's like literally where you sleep and then you're working there, right? So like your mind is kind of you're like tired posting. and then when you're in sleep, you're not yeah. tired. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're kind of like it messes both environments in that way. So kind of compartmentalizing. So if you have like a space in your house, in your room, you dedicate that specific space, let's say, to, you know, reading Quran or like, you know, listening to speeches or lectures yeah. or for example, uh, you know, just prayer itself. It's just like the masjid, you know, that's kind of literally some of the benefits in praying in the masjid is you're tuned in because that's the function of it, yeah. you know, and it doesn't, it eliminates the distractions in that way. I think summer is a good time to do that too. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So before even uh, starting to talk about, you know, getting into the mosque and praying, uh, <coughs> so we can talk about, you know, what's the importance of Islam? Oh, sorry, of Salah. Islam, obviously, it's important. Uh, what's the importance of uh, salah? Right? So a lot of people have, you know, oh, because, you know, you're connecting to, uh, to Allah, you know, it's like a one-on-one with Him. So, but, uh, like, not a deep, you know, uh, dissertation, but, like, more yeah. of a, you know, resume. So how can you explain the importance of salah? Do you want to go for it? Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I, think, I think the two things that come to mind about salah itself that, I think a lot of us might not know about, or maybe we do know about, but we tend to forget, yeah. is number one, when you look at the the word salah, right? It comes from a root called sila, which is literally like a signal, like a, a connection between yeah. you and Allah. So if you're not necessarily catering to your salah, if you're not working on that signal, uh, well, first of all, if you don't establish salah, then that signal is not there at all. So therefore, what you're really saying is that the signal is uh, like inexistent. You're not really connecting with Allah. In a way, you're kind of, missing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your life. Mm-hmm. And of course, Allah is there for you. You know, just the fact that you're Muslim, even if you're sinning, um, Allah will still be there for you. But you're not going to optimize that relationship with Him. You're not going to get what you can mostly get from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that sense. So it's really important for you to always remember that that's the connection number one. And uh, I think the second thing, of course, is, yeah, just remembering that um, the scholars of the past, I mean, they they... They would say very harsh things about people, you know, who would leave prayer altogether, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some of the opinions, I mean, I don't want to like get into the fiqh or anything like that because that's not my place or anything oh. like that. But just to kind of give you an example of the severity of it, like some of the scholars in the past held opinions that a person who doesn't pray is, is not a Muslim, right? Like, yeah. so I'm not saying that anyone who doesn't pray today is, you know, out of Islam or like, you yeah, know, exactly. that's, that's beyond me. Allah's, Allah's the judge, right? Yeah. But it just shows you the importance of it. Like it's literally our, our slogan in a way, or our, our part of our identity, I guess, as Muslims. That's literally what makes us Muslim. You know yeah. what I mean? It's that mm-hmm. connection with Allah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> yeah, hundred percent. And uh, I think there's also the aspect of like our own 
behavior. And, and that goes back to understanding Salah. So like Noor said at the beginning, like if you really want to appreciate something, you got to get to know it, right? Like he gave some great examples about like anything you want to appreciate. The more you study it, the more you get to know it, the more you're like, wow, it's actually beautiful, you know? And uh, the same thing goes with understanding your prayer, understanding the words you say in prayer. Mm. And like growing up, when I first started going to halaqat, I was like maybe 13, 14. And um, I remember I would ask some guys like, yo, how do I, how do I stop, you know, this particular sin? And they would, and older guys, you know, and they were like, mm. oh, bro, just pray. I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> you know, like I'll, I'll pray my dohar and I'll sin right after, yeah, exactly. you know? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then the more you think about it, the more it's like, well, in my prayer, what am I saying? I'm saying, okay, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. You know, all praise due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So am I, really, am I really saying all praise due to him and I'm sincere and then I do a sin which shows that I don't hold him in such high esteem because I'm more comfortable pleasing my body or myself than pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like, all right, alhamdulillah, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Do I, am I conscious of the fact that he's merciful and all his mercy is all encompassing, which should entice me to not want to disobey such a merciful Lord? Um, ar-Rahman Do I realize that he's sort of the master of this day of judgment that is going to judge me? Am I still comfortable doing this sin at the same time? I'm asking him to guide me to a straight path and then I'm going back and I'm sinning. How does that, like, how am I really going to say, guide me to the straight path, Ya Allah, I really want to be guided, and then here's me sinning. It's like, yeah. didn't you just ask for guidance? Like, yeah, for sure. why aren't you working towards that, right? Yeah. So I get it more now, and, and you can go through the whole Fatiha and, and, and deconstruct it in that way, and just be like, uh, like, like the fact that you want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to hold you among those whom he loves, and not those who are astray, those who earn his wrath, like how are you going to act in a way that you don't work for Allah's love and you, you're you're comfortable getting Allah's anger and, and going astray. Like really, if you if you appreciate what you're saying in prayer, yeah. I think that's the, that's a big importance of prayer. Exactly. That's a yeah, big sure. way to help you sort of live your life in a better way. Cause you're like, okay, I'm saying Fatiha like 17 times in my prayer. That should help me be a better person. That should help yeah. me mean what I say, exactly. you know? Yeah. That's, yeah. So for you, you're kind of t- trying to, Explain that to understand the surahs before you recite them, right? So yeah, I mean, would, uh, recite them anyway. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. But yeah, work on understanding because the more you understand them, and that's why the halaqa topic we chose was tafsir juzamma because yeah. we're always reciting juzamma, right? We're yeah. reciting surat na, surat ikhlas in our prayer falaq, right? Mm-hmm. And the more you understand these surah, the more you can appreciate how they affect your life. And if you don't know what you're saying, then how's it going to affect your life? You know? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah for that's sure. Solid. No, that's solid advice, honestly. It really comes back down to knowledge as you, you know, it's a hundred percent, especially the language. It's tough, you know, especially for even Arab speakers these days, like, you know, growing up, Arab, I didn't understand a lot of the, the Quran itself because yeah. even, you know, the type of Arabic that you speak, it's very different from the type that you will learn in the Quran itself. Right. Yeah, so you have like Amiya and, you know, more classical type of Arabic as well. That's very, very different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the pronunciation is different. The words different with some words you don't really use. Mm-hmm. Um, so even for Arabs themselves, it's, it's very difficult. So for both Arabs and non-Arabs alike, it's like, like, take a second, learn that language a little bit, Mm -hmm. learn, like make your intentions really about the Quran, you know, not business or, you know, conversational Arabic just for the sake of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you'll see yourself just go a long way also within your khushur, like your concentration in prayer, you know, you're going to get a lot more out of it as well. And you'll appreciate it a lot more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, personally, I went to Fajr, uh, Two days ago, and you know, I was there, we prayed Fatiha, and the Fajr was 3 30 to 4 10. Right? Oh, that's a long Fajr, long Fajr. Right? No, 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 Tariq. Oh, Tariq, 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 Tariq,
40 and minutes. Yeah. It wasn't like Tarawih. It's <laughs> <laughs> intense, but the thing was, Even Tarawih, 40 minutes yeah, long for yeah. one prayer. But yeah. the thing was, it was That's beautiful so because mm-hmm. we did Fatiha and he started the surah, I'm not too sure, because he was like out of my league surah. Mashallah, yeah. mashallah, mashallah. <laughs> uh, and then um, he started reciting and then he starts crying in his, in his, in his mm-hmm. recitation. And you know, it's usually when the imam cries, uh, we got you know other others. You people know, start like, feeling people it. People start 100%. feeling it, and yeah, yeah. Uh, two, three guys started crying and yeah. all. And Even if you're not two, focused, bro, you're thinking yeah. about like sports, whatever. It's like, oh, yeah. he's crying. Oh, let me let me pay attention. And then and I'm like, I'm tearing up. I'm like, everyone's <laughs> crying. And then, like, I'm, I'm like, I feel this energy in the room, yeah. right? Mm. So it just shows, like, you know, if you actually know what Allah, you know, is saying, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right. And again, I heard Khalid Hicks told me this. I don't know if you guys know Khalid Hicks. Yeah, episode one. Yeah. yeah, we follow this, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Um, he told me that uh, back in the day, the Quran was so powerful that even even though they were non-Muslim, they knew it was powerful because no, no, no way that's like a, a human being can like you know uh, write this. So when they used to recite the Quran, people used to just convert on the spot, right? Yeah. So that's why uh, it was like uh, he used to tell me that the surahs were a bit shorter before, you know, well, adiyati tabaha, well, muriyati qadaha. Because you know they would cover the ears, mm-hmm. right? So when they hear it, hear it, they just fall in love with it, and they know that they'll fall in love with it. That's why you used to cover their ears. Because the they, they understood it. Yeah, they understood it, yeah, right? So that's why they they shortened Allah shortened the the ayat, and then and every time they covered, uncovered, uncovered, and then they yeah. they hear it, right? Mm-hmm. And right there they would convert. So it's beautiful. It's just beautiful to hear. When yeah. I heard that, uh, I got into adiyat, uh, you know, uh, details and tafsir, yeah. and it was just beautiful. Yeah. You know how like the horse is getting closer, closer, mm-hmm. and then. And like mankind is ungrateful and and then my, my heart just dropped i'm like oh mashallah right yeah. so you appreciate it so much yeah, more it's it's, oh, yeah, it's nice alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah and there's different levels to it too right like for some it starts with like you know just translation alone is is more than enough to start with you know yeah yeah and like then, the, the halaqa we're doing is basically translation yeah exactly yeah. we're just reading the english translation and like yeah. talking a little bit about an ayah like some some guy came up to me the other day and he's like yo which tafsir are you using like ibn kathir ibn abbas like <laughs> i'm like yo like Inshallah, we just read the English translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then, start with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, start with that. Yeah. And, and the people are going to get affected, inshallah. And then if, you know, they want to go to tafsir, tafsir. That's why I don't feel comfortable saying it's tafsir, juzama. It's not. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, exactly. it's like, let's talk about juzama. Like, mm-hmm. that's basically what yeah. we're trying to do to, to get that connection, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So we, talk, we spoke about the importance of salah. So what is, why is it so important to pray at the mosque? A lot of people say, I can pray at home. It's easier, you know, you get up, you just pray fajr, you go back to sleep, right? Why is it so important to pray at the mosque? I'll go with Noor first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not easy to establish that um, yeah. habit of literally praying every prayer at the mosque. Yeah. Um, but, you know, some of the brothers used to always say the same thing. And it's very good advice if you can't just do that alone. Just do Isha and like, you know, maybe Fajr or just Isha itself. You mm-hmm. know, like start small. Start with something that's easy that you can actually attend and that you can do that consistently. Because we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes the consistent deeds, even though, you know, they are small. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason why I think, number one, of course, is coming back to that point that this is the environment for prayer itself. Um, when you're hyper-focused in that environment, you just get a lot more out of that. So it's like, it's like for example, you wanted to play soccer. Yeah, you can play in a basketball court, but you're <laughs> kind of missing the point. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not going to really be in that zone the same way yeah, that you do exactly. it in like a soccer field kind of thing. And same goes with, with prayer. Like you can do it at home. Sure, it's it's accepted in that way. But if you do it at, at the mosque, first of all, the congregation in terms of the mm-hmm. the reward that you get is much, much bigger. There's many ahadith. I'm sure uh, Khudr can touch upon that himself. 
But there's a lot of uh, evidences, not only to the the power of it and the greatness and the reward that you get there, but also just the the hyper focusedness, like the type of reward that you get also mentally, spiritually mm-hmm. from engaging that kind of practice mm-hmm. is way greater than what you get at home. Hundred percent. There's no like denying that. I think one of the benefits you get from praying at the mosque, you know, some people say that you got you got to walk before you can run. Mm. So they'd be like, yo, don't pray at the mosque right away. Like, just pray at home first and go to the mosque. I actually disagree with that personally. Mm-hmm. I think like w- when in a time in my life when I wasn't so, you know, on, on point with my mm-hmm. prayers, jumping from that to praying at the mosque really helped yeah. me. Like even pray at home, you know, like I think especially with with timings, like Noor mentioned praying uh, Aisha at the mosque, bro, I, like I'm going to be real. If I don't pray Aisha at the mosque, I'm praying Aisha at like 11.58 p.m. Yeah. And that's because I've heard opinions saying that if you prayed after midnight, it's not legit. Like it doesn't count. Qiyam, I think after Qiyam also like. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, like back in the day when I yeah. thought I had until Fajr. Yeah. And like I'm just chilling at home and it's like, you know, I'm like 16, 17 and it's like a summer night and I don't, I'm not doing anything yeah. the next day. I would legit pray Aisha like 15 minutes before Fajr. Yeah. Then. Like you just delay it. Right. Because yeah. you're like, I can't sleep until I pray Aisha. Yeah, exactly. So you, you don't have sleep. It, but the thing is you you're chilling, you're watching That's YouTube it. videos, yeah. you got and you're, this, and you're like, yo, I can't, yeah. I'm tired, yeah. I can't sleep because I got a pressure. And then you're really tired. I'm like, I want to sleep, but I got a pressure. Okay, let me watch another video, you know? And then you just like swipe, swipe, swipe. But then you see like, it's 316. Like, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know? That's but you catch yourself. Yeah, like, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I think that idea of having like a mosque room is, is awesome in, yeah, in the house exactly. because, you know, you put the timings there and it's like, okay, I got a prayer at a certain time. I think the mosque encourages that. Yeah. The mosque is like, yo, you, you want a prayer at the mosque? You got to be here 1050. Yeah. You pray 1050. Yeah. And then you come back home and, and then you can relax and actually yeah, enjoy true. your night, you know? Actually, that's the thing. Because sometimes, again, Isha's back in my head, you know, it's 11, 12 mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. And then when I pray Isha at the mosque, I get home, I'm like, okay, I can do whatever I want. I can. Yeah, exactly. No, no, exactly. no, no, no guilt. No, yeah, like no in the back of my head. Like, exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And just the reward. Nur was saying the reward of praying like Isha and, and Fajr at the mosque specifically. Like there's many ahadith talk about this, about how praying Isha at the mosque is equal to half the night in prayer. Yeah. And praying Fajr in the mosque is equal to half the night in prayer. Mm-hmm. So if you're the kind of person who's like, yo, I really want to pray Qiyam, but it's struggle. Mm-hmm. Then you show up to the mosque for Aisha. You go home, you pray, you sleep right when you get home, right? You don't waste your time. You wake up for Fajr, you pray at the mosque. You get that reward, that whole night mm-hmm. of prayer. prayer That's yeah. something you can't get if yeah. you don't pray at the mosque, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so much reward in it. There's brotherhood. There's, And you know what? I'm going to say something that might sound a bit controversial because we're in a mosque. But I think a lot of people who come to the mosque regularly aren't the best people to encourage people to come to the mosque. Yeah. I'm going to say that some people are discouraging, especially youth, from coming to the mosque. That's true. 100%. I, I think ICC, mashallah, tabarakallah, is is not as guilty of that. Alhamdulillah. I really, I really yeah, feel 100%. like, like compared to other mosques I've been to 100%. in my life, ICC is incredibly welcoming, incredibly, Can you know, I, like. I'll share, I'll share a story real yeah, quick here. Go ahead. Uh, without but, mentioning any mosque name, yeah, right? yeah, we're just gonna any mosque <laughs> all copyright <laughs> intended, all, <laughs> yeah, right, all, yeah, all yeah, right reserved, <laughs> <laughs> all right reserved. No, but like the, I, I was, I think maybe fourteen at the time or something like that. It was a summer. I was like, you know what? Uh, I woke up for Fajr. I'm like, you know what? Let me walk to the masjid. Let me actually walk to the masjid. Yeah, at and fourteen, just, that's really legit. literally, you know, that's like, a big like. It's a big thing for yeah, me. I was like, man, like that is tap yourself on the back. Yeah, yeah, something great. That's awesome. Mashallah, without like inflating your own ego or anything like that, but you're walking to the masjid and you're thinking and you're reflecting about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and so on mm. and so forth. It's a summer. It's awesome. So of course you're wearing like, you know, shorts. Mm. Uh or or I can see where the, where the yeah, story's going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it they they still covered my my knees, like they were mm. good, like mm. alhamdulillah. But uh as I get close to the masjid, of course, I get there, I'm I'm 
literally tapping myself on the back. Good job. You know, you did it. Great rewards. You know, you, you've accomplished something that like all these other kids, you know, they're sleeping. And the first thing that happens to me, and I kid you not, the first thing was this regular uncle who's been praying there for, for many years. You know, you know, give him his due reward and of course protect him and so on and so forth without bashing anyone. Right. But the first thing he literally tells me is about my shorts. Yeah. And how, you know, they're not necessarily really covering my knees in, in the entire prayer. So he's like, you're literally like, it's useless what you did. And you, you can walk. perceive that as an attack. 100%. Yeah. As a kid, especially, course, right? Yeah, yeah. Like when you're literally like in your teen teen years, you, you want to fight anyone who like literally disagrees <laughs> with you, right? Yeah, some some. Without taking any physical jabs or anything. Yeah. But, uh, I remember just being super crushed, yeah. super crushed. And you know what's the worst part of all this? I kid you not, maybe another time. I did the same, but this time I was wearing pants on purpose. And now he was saying something about my pants being too long. Are you serious? I kid you. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. So like the double. That's whammy, awesome, you know, bro. Like, okay, you know this so guy like, should work. This guy should do you know, a side like your, job your as pants a tailor. Below your ankles. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, and, and heard, it's a valid opinion for it, a lot. Yeah, and I also question. heard that you can't if you fold them on purpose for the prayer. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, you can't. It's not, yeah. it's not permissible. So imagine like telling yeah. a kid that who just like did all that effort and like, yeah. you know, pumped himself up. All these other kids are sleeping, probably missing prayer. Well, you know, and then that kid is like doing everything they can to like get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just establish a proper habit. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that happens is like, you know, someone who's a regular Moscow just kind of crushes that. Yeah, exactly. Person's I, I, I don't know if so. people listening to that story are kind of glancing over it, but that story hurts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like on a yeah. deep level. Like I'm yeah. listening to that and I'm like, it's, it's tough. It's, it's like crushing that story yeah. because yeah. You, you work so hard to, to encourage young guys to come to the mosque and change their life. And then you got that one, one incident that just, breaks everything you worked so 100%. hard on it's like yeah. man like yeah, exactly. why you gotta be yeah, like that yeah, you know yeah. and, and just to add on that like you know mm-hmm. of course when you grow out of it you start to understand oh. that you know it's not an excuse you know some people will take that and they'll ride with it like yeah. i had that one negative experience at the mosque mm-hmm. never again i'm never praying there it's like i'm never even entering there and that's wrong too and that's very wrong to be yeah. honest but there is a certain level of, of empathy that i have towards people like that because having gone through an experience like that i'm like okay well I can see, I, can, I don't I agree with that kind of thinking, but I can see why a person would be led to do that kind of action. It's a very rational, yeah. not really rational, but it's a very like realistic emotional response to mm-hmm. a situation like that. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it happens. So I, I totally agree with what they're saying about, unfortunately, they're not necessarily always the best at, at bringing these, you know, the youth or even the, the elders kind of thing to, to make that a habit. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. I can't, I can't with it like more than that to be honest yeah and and it's great to see that there that i think there's this general trend nowadays of mosques to move towards a more inclusive environment mm-hmm. 100%. i think that's really cool and i think yeah. icc is really at the forefront of that mashallah yeah. like just the fact that you know mashallah they've sponsored this whole project right yeah uh the halaqa the basketball nets like it it's like it's a different way of running a mosque where it's like now we want the youth here you know mm-hmm. it's a completely different uh completely it kind of shows like uh, as, a, as a 14 15 year old kid mm-hmm. you see all yeah. this right uh, like the mosque is giving out, you know, basketball nets and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all these events, you know, the free food, free whatever. food and all that. They, they're like, okay, these guys are trying, you know, so maybe, mm-hmm. you know, there's something behind, you know, the, the So I think what's interesting about that is that you'll have two different, you know, kind of ideologies when it comes to the masjid. Um, and I've, I've kind of talked to different shiuch about this and I've heard some very interesting opinions about, you know, whether masjid themselves should be like, you know, centers whether a center is a masjid, what's the difference mm-hmm, between the two mm-hmm, and so on. Mm-hmm. I try not to get too much in that, but maybe it's something that, you know, you guys can perhaps share a little bit more about what you guys think about this. But 
you know, some Mashiach are like very anti all of that. Mm. They're like, no, the masjid should just be literally prayer. That's it. Prayer. prayer Quran. You come in, you That's pray, it. you do your Quran, you're out, it's done. And then you have another school of thought, which I personally tend to agree with a little bit more given the context that we're living in. Yeah. Especially in the, in the West. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is like, you know, no, like a uh, message should push to have programs that are a bit more geared towards the youth, yeah. sports, uh, you know, leagues and, and so on and so forth. We, we don't live in Saudi, bro, where there's a mosque every corner. Like, of course, if, if you're in Saudi and there's a mosque, literally every corner of every street mm -hmm. and you walk in and then you want to set up a basketball game. It's like, bro, can you just play outside, please? Like, yeah, And yeah. I get that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because it, this place is to pray. But you're living in Quebec. You're living mm -hmm. in Montreal where like mm -hmm. legit maybe there's like three or four actual big mosques mm -hmm. in in within like you know 20 kilometers of you radius, yeah. you know sure. we, we need it needs to be more than just a prayer hall yeah, yeah for sure and that, that's honestly the opinion I've, I've always seen and that's one of the things that i really loved about uh some of the communities especially icc honestly because it's the only one in real, like quebec literally that has you know like an indoor gym in yeah. it you can play sports you can here, actually play in literally and yeah. it's spacious enough to enjoy it it's not like you know, a yeah. little like yeah, a half yeah. court for it's like, like it's like a room 40 basically, people right? yeah, yeah exactly. okay play soccer go. yeah literally yeah. you know you do really enjoy it <laughs> set up a baseball basketball. but that, that's one of the beautiful things like when when we went to dallas um for the bayonet program that was one of the most beautiful most enlightening yeah. moments in my life just and it's such a positive memory that i'll never forget it's just walking into that masjid at uh the in, one in, in Texas? Irving. yeah and literally they have it three full court like basketball like three full Mashallah. basketball courts um filled with kids whether it's fajr whether it's like you know tuhur, et cetera, they're literally there for like almost every prayer they're praying their like they're mm. playing their games mm -hmm. but they're for isha as well and that really encourages kids as well to mm -hmm. you know attend mm -hmm. especially if you can kind of incorporate that sport and then like lead them into prayer yeah it really builds a beautiful, beautiful communal like type of feel. If, if I can just add to that, there's mm -hmm. some people who might have the opinion that, you know, you shouldn't encourage people to come to the mosque with sports and food and all these things. And, you know, they should come to the mosque because they want to come to the mosque. They, they should come to the mosque because they want to go to the halaqa. And I 100% disagree with that. 100% disagree with that. Like yeah. even, even a portion of zakat is allowed to give to a, a group of non-Muslims to soften their heart towards Islam. Mm -hmm. So the idea of softening someone's heart towards Islam by any means necessary is something that's encouraged in Islam. Yeah. There's a hadith that talk about how, you know, somebody can come uh, and sit down in a gathering of people remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will um, command the angels to record the names of everybody in that gathering. And the angels will come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and say, Ya Allah, there's a man in there who just came to take some shade. He just came to sort of rest and relax. He's not really there to gain knowledge. That's not why he's there. And Allah Taala will command the angels to record the name of this person as well because he's in that gathering. Yeah. So, you know, whether the guy is coming for free pizza or he's coming for basketball or he's coming for the speech, bro, he's there for the speech. He's, yeah. you know, yeah. he's there for Maghrib. He's there for Aisha. Like yeah. encouraging them to come to the mosque, I think if, through any means necessary, I think is a great uh, blessing. Another th story to add that, uh, add to that. So about maybe 20 years ago, so there was this kid, uh, he was at Vanier and uh, mashallah, my, my cousin, Umar Hussein, uh, mm -hmm. he used to, you know- uh, He's your cousin? He's my cousin, yeah. oldest cousin. Toronto guy, right? Yeah, Vancouver. 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 Yeah, yeah. Umar Hussein um, used to go to Vani because his brother was there. And then he used to come to the MSAs and give out, uh, you know, dawah, you know, uh, khutbas, Friday khutbas, right? So this one kid, uh, non-Muslim, sitting in the back, you know, chilling because his Muslim friends were in Juma, right? So he would chill in the back in the, in the, in the seats, just watch them, you know, uh, pray and all that. And then uh, Umar Hussein spoke about, you know, how do you respect your parents in Islam? How does Islam talk about parents? And then that kid uh, went on, you know, at home, uh, you know, a non-Muslim kid, you know, his family was a really religious family of, you know, that I don't want to like 
you know, say out his name or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what, what religion? Do you know what religion he was? Yeah, um, Hinduism. Okay, he's Hinduism, Hindu. Right. Okay. And then um, that kid, uh, you know, he was starting to pray, uh, you know, inside the bathroom because he couldn't pray, you know, outside. If he wanted to, he didn't know, like, you know, you could, you can't pray in the bathroom, right? He wanted to pray Muslim? Muslim. Muslim prayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he was getting, he was getting in the, in the religion mashallah. and all that. So that kid, mashallah, you know, 20 years ago, so I wasn't even born 20 years ago. But now that kid, I look up to that kid now, today. Mashallah. Right? And then he told me that, you know, uh, your cousin Umar Hussein came up, you know, at uh, the khutbah, give a khutbah, and then now, you know, you're learning from me. So you see all this, it comes, you know, it's just crazy, alhamdulillah. Like, uh, then it's it's just crazy how, like, these small actions or small, you know, this, these programs we do, you know, like with food and all that, that kid shouldn't even be there, mm-hmm. right, at the, at the khutbah, because mm-hmm. he's not even Muslim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing was, he, he was there, benefited. he was there because his friends, you know, kind of influenced him, you know, maybe come, yeah. we're just wait two minutes, we're just going to yeah. do the khutbah and leave. He heard that in today, you know, mashallah. And he still benefited. And he f- still benefited, you know. Mm-hmm. So again, like I always say that it's just little actions. Maybe that kid who's, you know, uh, he's like, you know, curious, you know, mm-hmm. uh, why Allah this. And just he comes to one halakha and that one halakha can change his whole life. Completely. I mean, I'll, I'll say that that's the same story for myself, honestly. Yeah. Like my cousin, without praising him too much because I don't want to slap me after <laughs> the car or anything like that. But uh, I mean, he's like, what, maybe like 13 or 14 or something like that. And he was like, hey, yo, yo Noor, um, I remember back then, you know, being someone who was very involved in like... Uh, like music and just like you know making my beats on fl studio we we uh we we were uh, we were we were part we made a a band right? we made a band we made a rap band times. yeah As, who was who was rapping you rapping both of us both oh, we, were, yeah, we were the rappers uh, nadir was nadir uh, he was a singer he was a singer so cringe citizens of the world was our name kato 100 citizens of the world going places Wait, a lot of places. Wow. <laughs> made the beats on uh, fr- Fruity, Fruity yeah, Loops? Loops. Fruity, Fruity Loops. Oh my God. It's like yeah. an old program yeah, you can make beats yeah, yeah, yeah. on? It was, it, but it, it just kind of, <laughs> that's literally how he spent a lot of my, my teenagehood. And then oh, man. one day, just Holder comes in and he's like, yeah, so bro, like, I don't know if you should be, you know, listening to that. Like, it's not really good for you and so on and so on. I'm like, why are you getting that, bro? Like, yeah. and he goes, yeah, you know, it says in Bukhari, like, it's not a good thing. Like, who the hell is Bukhari? <laughs> I, I, I literally, I, I swear. Yo, I, I probably didn't that. even know who Bukhari was. I'm like, yo, Bukhari no, is no, like, I was confused. I was like, Prophet Bukhari or something. I don't know. <laughs> who, who's, who's this? And it's subhanAllah, now like, you know, of course, with, with all the, the most respect that I have for Imam Bukhari, uh, Rahimullah, but in the past, I was like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah, like, yeah. he's going to tell me that I can't do what I like, what I love doing kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. And it just started with one little Halloween. Like, just come, come for one Friday, you know, after mm-hmm. school, et cetera. We'll just, we'll play some games. These guys are really cool, et cetera. And subhanAllah, that one little moment just kind yeah, of. The rest know, is history, man. Literally. <laughs> and then it was like resurrection events. Yeah. And MSAs right? and. Chronicle of just, Chronicle yeah, of was not <laughs> Yo, legit touring, crazy, like bro, doing yeah. like Islamic skits and yeah. beauties of Islams and just like. Everything, yeah. man. Subhanallah, from that one halakha. Yo, halakhas are a big thing, man. The mosque yeah, and the mosque important. and the mosque as the place to do that is a big thing too. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. The right group of guys, mm-hmm. the right group of activities that that is engaging enough to keep mm-hmm. these, you know, younger dudes like coming. Mm-hmm. I think that's literally and and honestly, as much as we do a lot for the youth, it's also important for elders to have their things as well. Yeah, exactly. Like and I and I feel like sometimes we we push a little bit too hard on the youth, and sometimes we push too too hard on the elders. And you need to really have a good balance on both mm. because you don't want to ostracize anyone and everyone equally needs that, especially if you're young, mm. because that's the future. Literally, mm-hmm. if you can solve that, you solve most of the issues of a community. Yeah, it really starts from there. And I, I like that's my firm belief. Right. 
Yeah, uh, but elders also need that. And the reason for that is just because it really is a community at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So you need people from all walks of life to kind of be there so that you can really experience what it really means to be in a community. Exactly. I, I don't know if you remember that like, we had that. Uh, when we st- when we had the halakha here in this room, we had this really, uh, not old, not really old, but he, I think he was maybe in his like 35, 40s. Okay. And he, maybe, he's, I forgot his name, and he converted like a week ago. And then Imam Fudel, you know, he, he said that, you know, maybe this could be like a little introduction, you know, to the halakha. Mm-hmm. Again, we were aiming, you know, kids between 13 and 18. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the same message to everyone after you hit, you know, a certain age in Islam. Yeah. To maybe w- whether you're 12, whether you're 18, whether you're 20, whether you're 80, mm-hmm. it's always the same message, right? So what he he benefited so much from that. You know, mashallah, like I gave him little again tips and tricks. You know how to get, uh, uh, you know the prayers done and the wudu mm-hmm. and all that. He didn't know anything. Like it's a, he's a week in, right? Yeah. So uh, like I, it was kind of a special oh. moment, you know, with him, like. <laughs> Like, you know, I was trying to be selfish. I'm like, oh, you can do this, that, that, that. You know, anything you did good, I'm not like, I'm the lie. It's on my bank. It's on my yeah, record, on you know. Again, yeah. so, until this day, you know, we talk on WhatsApp, you know. Awesome. Uh, like, sometimes you, know, you ask really questions good. and all that. You don't know his name, bro? I forgot his name yeah, completely. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see his, his, his number, like his name. You just have his number? Oh, uh, it's yeah. like, oh, 514, you know, yeah, message yeah, yeah. me. Ask, like, ask them. Don't worry about it. I don't save numbers, man. I've heard I don't save numbers at all. It's fine, it's fine. You remember when we used to do FYI, like those uh, little yeah, dial yeah. booths? Yeah. yeah. For, so we, for your inspiration. Yeah. We had a lot of groups, bro. Literally. Like we had this thing that we used to do at uni, uh, university. This is like literally post-college for myself. So I guess you were still in CJ. Yeah. Um, and for yeah. a lot of people as well, uh, they were they're kind of still in college and whatnot. And uh, we used to do these little Dawa booths. And I just remember one brother literally like going there. And uh, we had this like, you know, how to give Shahada in like uh, 10 minutes or something like from Sheikh Kamal. And Mekki, really, really awesome, like, course. It was like a crash course on like, yeah. how to get a shahada. Really, so, really good. Yeah. But the problem with that is that I remember this brother in particular giving that dawah, getting the shahada. And as he gets the shahada, he goes, bro, what's your name? <laughs> He's like, I want to congratulate you, bro. What's your name? Like, you should have asked that words. first, bro. It's like a sale. Oh, you know, you know, it's like, yeah. a sale. It's like you're, you're, we used it's to joke nice. about that because we used yeah. to work at Equinox, which is like yeah. the worst place to work. You shouldn't work there. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it's a call. It's a call center, and uh, they they rate you on your SPH, which is your sales per hour. And we used to work with the shahadas per hour, like you know, like yeah. your, what's your SPH, bro? Oh, um, yeah, times. I was awful at that. I was. I would talk to somebody for like an hour, and then in the end, I'd be like. Like, I didn't know how to close the deal, you know? And they would just walk away and be like, oh, mashallah, you know, really great religion. Like, thanks, bro. And they'd walk, be like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, but I don't blame you for, like, forgetting a, a name. Like, I feel like there are there are a lot of yeah, yeah. people, unfortunately, who will, uh, you know, do yeah. a lot worse than that. Back to your point, actually, about um, about uh, elders having their own thing and youth having their own thing. Yeah. I think, I think uh, you know, for example, like, the reason why we have the, the halaqa in the basement is not because we're trying to hide it from nobody. Yeah. It's just... Uh, you know, you can tell, like this past Friday, okay, we're having the halaqa, and then towards the end of the halaqa, maybe like maybe 10 minutes left before Maghrib Adhan, um, there's a, you know, a, a guy who comes downstairs to the basement to, to just like look and see what's happening. Uh, and, you know, he wasn't that old, maybe like 4 or 40, you know, 40, 45, whatever. And he came down and uh, instantly the vibe in the room changed. Yeah. Because you got a bunch of like 15 to 20 year olds. And, you know, we're talking, and especially this past halaqa, we were talking about like, uh, you know, a temptation of like, uh, you know, like your desires and and like things that are kind of like taboo. Generally, people don't like talk about. If you don't weird. talk about with your parents, you know, th- right, yeah, things exactly. that you feel like yeah, you feel yeah, exactly. awkward, some people feel awkward talking yeah, about with exactly. their parents. Yeah, and, uh, and and then we, you know, back and forth. And then as soon as this this brother came downstairs, like the room changed. 
you know, and people were a bit less comfortable. People were a bit less. And it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, we should be able to have this conversation with everybody around. Mm. But the reality is that kids are going to feel a lot more comfortable if it's just us, if it's just yeah. the, the, the brothers, you know, just the dudes mm-hmm. uh, uh, talking about it. But that doesn't mean we should neglect, you know, people people who are over 30 yeah. need to have, mm-hmm. yo, bro, I'm getting, you're 30, aren't you? <laughs> Almost. Almost. Yeah. Yo, I'm getting there too, bro. Like That's we need true. halakhas to teach us as well. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. We're getting there to that age. So That's we can't true. neglect uh, people who are older as well. Oh, That's sure. a very good point. Yeah. So so we got fourth salahs, right? Mm. So the importance of sunnah salahs, right? So we got, uh, I think I've heard like, uh, not all your prayers are accepted, you know, because, you know, sometimes you're not. That's why you say astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah at the end of the prayers. And then sometimes the sunnah prayers kind of, you know, cover them. Right? Fill, in, fill in the gaps. Yeah, fill in the gaps, right? So why why is that so important? Uh, yeah, I mean, just exactly as you mentioned. Yeah. Like, it's really, when you have deficiencies in, in, in your prayer, mm-hmm. like, that's what the sunnah prayers are supposed to come and, you know, fill out, right? right? Um, so if you're not praying them, number one, then if you do have any deficiencies... Which is very likely, let's be honest. Like, mm-hmm. none of us are perfect when we, mm-hmm. we come to our prayer. We're not, like, always 100% in the zone yeah. necessarily, right? Uh, so, if that happens, at least you have something that's kind of covering the tracks. And that might actually help to, like, yes. you know, as, like, a warm-up, you know, like, before, before your dhuhr, you know? Yes, like, yeah, mm-hmm. especially for prayers that come 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it prepares you 100%. So, like, uh, a person who's going for a sprint, if he jogs a little bit, it's the same kind of concept, right? Yeah. Like, you're getting prepared for that. Um, another thing I could say for sure is also... Um, it's just a protection at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's also a habit builder. So the more you do, the easier it becomes because you're just doing more volume and more mm-hmm. repetition naturally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, anyone who trains for any sport, like the more repetition you do, it's, it's the same thing at the end of the day. The more you get out of it, the easier your body will be when it comes to the actual task. Exactly. Uh, same goes with the sunnah. The more you, you pray, the more prayer itself naturally just becomes easier to do. Like you're not gonna miss your if you're the kind of person who prays all your sunnah, sunnahs, you're not gonna miss asaf. You know? yeah. yeah, exactly. Like for, for it would be so easy that you'll be mad if you miss sunnah, right? Some people do. You know, my auntie always tells me that if you get so used to praying sunnah, like it's like missing for is almost impossible. Like you know, because you're doing the extra, yeah. right? Doing the bare minimum, minimum would be so easy for you, right? So and, and look, we all we all fall in that trap sometimes. Yeah, we sure. want we want to cut corners. We mm-hmm. You know, we tell ourselves, oh, I'm, I'm too busy or I have things that are more important to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reality is it really doesn't take that much time. Mm-hmm. Usually it doesn't. You know, a lot of them are what, like two rakats for, for mm-hmm. I think, literally almost all of them, aside from uh, the hood, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. um, and it's, it's, it, and it's such a, I, I catch myself lying to myself sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like this happened the other day where I think I, I uh, yesterday even, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I, I prayed Maghrib and then I'm like, yo, I should pray my two sunnah uh, rakat after mm-hmm. Maghrib. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, I don't really have time. You're like, I was, it was kind of tight for mm-hmm. time. And then I think someone texted me and I was like, oh, this person. <laughs> and I, and I texted back and I, we just started like texting back and forth. I hope that's not me, man. And like, <laughs> and, me, man. <laughs> and, and, and like six, seven, eight, you know, 10 minutes later, I look at the time. I'm like, I am, that's, I'm such a bakwasser to myself. You know, like, like, how am I going to lie to myself and tell myself I don't have time when I just spent eight, nine minutes talking to some person? I could have messaged afterwards, you know, like, I, I do have the two, three minutes it takes yeah, to pray my sunnahs. It's, it's just, it's a question of like, what do you prioritize? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I, I, I see it in you because every time we talk, like, uh, after like uh, the adhan goes off, I try to, you know, bet- between, you know, after halakha, you know, the mm-hmm. maghrib starts, mm-hmm. like, we try to have a conversation be- uh, between the, uh, the end of the Adhan and uh, Ikhama, mm-hmm. you tell me, yo, hold on, hold on, wait, wait, let me, let me pray my 
metal cats for yeah, yeah and that puts it in my head too i'm like okay okay i gotta, I gotta force myself yeah exactly, it's, exactly. It's, it's, it, you gotta yeah. and yeah. and just the reward that comes with it too like like i'm just gonna mention two quick hadith and i'm gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna leave it there mm-hmm. uh the the reward of praying the turakat before fajr yeah it's better than the whole world and everything in it mm-hmm. So that, that's actually an exercise I would do with my students. I'd be like, you guys, what do you want out of this world? Like, talk about dunya stuff. What do you want? It's like Ferrari, Lambo, mansion, you know, private jet. I was like, cool, cool. Keep going, keep going. And they're like, ah, golden globe. Boy. Like, they're going like crazy. Like, you know, everything they want. I'm like, cool. Those surakat before Fajr is worth more than all that. Yeah. And it puts it in perspective. Like, like, why can't I wake up just two minutes earlier, you know, and do that? And then just the other hadith about the 12 rakat, you know, like the two before Fajr, mm-hmm. four before Dhuhr, two after Dhuhr, two after Maghrib, two after Asha. Anybody who prays this, Allah promises them a mansion in Jannah. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to work how long to buy a house here? Yeah. Like, especially in today's market. Like, you're, you're probably never going to buy a house in your yeah. life, bro. Like, if you're really trying, like, you're trying to, like, do it properly. And, and, and you're, you know, I'm, like, I'm, talking, I'm talking about myself first, bro. I'm still renting. Yeah. It's a struggle. It's a struggle, yeah, bro. Unless, sure. unless you you prioritize that and you work towards it for, like, a few years. Yeah, for you sure. You know, like, like, mashallah, tabarakallah, like, Nur just, just got um, his, mashallah. Yeah, mashallah. And mashallah. it's, like, I know how hard he's been. Like, he knows better than anybody how hard he's been working, mm-hmm. you know, to get that, that place. And then it's, like, well, you know, if you just, you know, spent, like, 15 minutes in a day, you can have a mansion in Jannah. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, you don't even want that. Like, you don't mm-hmm. even want to spend that 15 minutes. You're going to spend years, mm-hmm. but not 15 minutes. Like, yeah. it really puts it in perspective. Like, what am I really prioritizing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, also just piggybacking off of what you said, uh, Yusuf, as well. Like, you know, in that interaction with Khuda, let's say, mm-hmm. um, post halaqa when he's praying his uh, rakah, like his, his surakah, let's say, before, uh, like after the event or yeah. after mm-hmm. whatnot. Um, in your case, it, not only pushed you to probably do it yourself, right? So in a way that if one person does it, I think what ends up naturally happening is that I can't have a conversation with his brother. So how am I supposed <laughs> to occupy my next five minutes? Exactly. Whatever. Let's just, you know, exactly, exactly. put in the prayer there. Yeah. And subhanAllah, you get that reward out of it. And again, know? again, mashallah, if he's giving the speeches, imagine he's giving the halakha. Yeah. And the kids, you know, are, are, are sitting there and waiting, you know, for the maghrib prayer. They look up, you see this guy, you know, yeah. praying to his, you know, so numbers. You know what? <laughs> Let, yeah, me try, let, well. me try, let me try, let me try. Yeah, that's, that's actually why yeah. I actually make it a point when yeah. I'm in public settings and yeah. we pray uh, Maghrib or Isha. Yeah. And it pushed me to do it at home too. Yeah. But I don't even take the time to um, make my dua after prayer. I straight up get up right away and pray my sunnahs. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want someone who is looking at me to be like, oh, um, like stand up and then walk away. And then see me praying my sunnahs. And then they get reminded like I already walked away. So I like to do it right away. Mm-hmm. And actually I, I, we were watching this UFC fight at my place the other day. Uh, with these two guys and uh, we prayed Maghrib and then right after Maghrib I got up and prayed my two sins like right away mm-hmm. and then I realized they both started praying as well and then uh, I turned around at the end and then one guy was like yo bro I saw you get up and then I started praying <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the other guy was like yo I saw you both praying and I felt like a mad kafir so I started, <laughs> I started, I started, I started praying my sunnahs too bro <laughs> I was like yes I got it honestly it really is actually yeah. speaks louder than words yeah. exactly it's like yeah. if you want to change someone you know if you're trying to you know, a sibling or a friend, mm-hmm. you, you, every time you like, you remind him, fine, you know, like, uh, you know, let's go pray Fajr or, you know, uh, you know, it's a bit harder, but if he sees you doing all that, mm-hmm. he might, you know, he might consider it. Right. So, 100%. And, so, uh, and that also connects with the whole masjid thing, right? Like, I mm-hmm. think that most often you'll find people who will pray their sunnahs in the masjid. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting about that is that you're more likely to pray your sunnahs as well. The more mm-hmm. you pray in the masjid naturally, because when you're at home, Nobody's really there to to hold you account. Like mm-hmm. you're going to be doing that to yourself. And if you exactly. want to be lazy one day, you will kind of, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. take a shortcut and just cut it out kind of thing. 
It's like thing. the same thing. Like I try to, uh, you know, mashallah, me and my friend Abiyaz, shout out Abiyaz. Uh, we um, we started to go to Fajr almost every day. Right? We missed one day; it was my birthday, like the day after my birthday, because we we just ate you watched the Habs game. And like, no, no, not even. Yeah, we no, just yeah. ate <laughs> his birthday. Was, uh, just, he came born, right? Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, I was. We just ate too much, and we got up like two uh, like after like you know uh, the yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, oh man, I felt so bad. And it's I'm a like, habit, though, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a habit. Yeah, and yeah. we had, like, the thing is, I started off like first two days alone. And I'm like, I know I'm not, I'm not gonna like come the third or the fourth day. I need someone with me. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be as you down. Like, yeah. if I don't go, you you call me out. If you don't go, I'll call you. That's out. a great. That's you a know? great. And, it's and a, since then, awesome. we like we 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 both call each other like what nine a.m. Like we after we woke up and all, we like, uh, yo, bro, <laughs> 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 kind of messed up. <laughs> kind of messed up. He's like, yeah, geez, yeah, yo, inshallah, tomorrow morning, you know. Yeah. So if you if you have that uh, you know relationship with your friends and or even your brothers and sisters, yeah, kind of helps. Right? That's, Even that's exactly how and all that, that's, right? that's exactly how yeah. when i first ever started going to pray to the mosque it was exactly like that yeah it was like a brother uh it was adil at the time uh who would call me up in the morning and be like yo i'm gonna i'm coming to pick you up i'm mm-hmm. gonna be the, at your place to pick you up yeah. um brother frank as well you know like so many guys they would show up to my place pick me up and then it's like you don't have a choice right yeah and it times. builds that habit mashallah you know you know what's crazy also like when i was like getting into the deen uh, there's always, you know, your videos with his long hair, beard, you know, mashallah, you know, throwback. Uh, he's always, uh, you know, you know, pushing, you know, with his, with his videos. And then once he uh, he dropped a 30 day challenge, Fajr challenge, right? I and failed in the middle of that. I think you felt like one day. I one had day. to restart. Yeah. And it you restarted. Right? Took me like 46 like, days. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people are like, oh, you know, uh, uh, we'll yeah. start, you know, the same count and all that. So he restarted. Right. So I was watching again. I wasn't, you know, what? Uh, I wasn't sleeping like, you know, 4 a.m., 5 a.m. I used to watch him, you know, to go, uh, going to Fajr and all that. I was like, you know what? Let me try to go Maghrib, like at least Maghrib, right? I wasn't praying at all. So I'm like, mm-hmm. let me go pray Maghrib. I saw him sitting there. I'm like, let me go talk to him. And like, is there any halakas? You know, help me out, this, that. And my dad saw me here. Like, he's like, what are you, you're at the mosque? <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you, like, you know, you know what's nice with my dad? Because, you know, if you force too much, right? I feel like, you know, um, Again, kids will push back. Kids, kids, they'll, they'll push back. Yeah. And my dad, you know, he always puts, puts that doubt in my head. You know, uh, Yusuf, uh, it's a time for Maghrib. And I'm playing video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Obviously, I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, later on, I, I, I also think that I'm like, you know, like, thanks for not being too aggressive. And he once, you know, uh, he put me under the bus. He's like, went to Imam Fudel. You know how close he is with Imam Fudel. He straight mm-hmm. up went to him. He's like, you know, Yusuf, he doesn't pray. <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah. man, yeah. oh man. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm sitting there. You know when you're guilty, you have the whole blood pressure yeah. on you. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You wanted to run away, bro. Yeah. And then Imam's like, are you serious, brother? Are you yeah, serious? Like, and I'm like, ah, like you know, it's tough. He's like you know, brother. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't aggressive either. He's like, look, brother. He told he told me like you know you can do this that that. And then uh, I started praying, uh, uh, you know, maghrib every day. Just Maghrib, right? Just Yo, Maghrib. there's an uncle told me the same thing. He's like, yeah. I started off with an easy salah, one, and then two, and then three, yeah, yeah, and exactly. then and then all of them. And and uh, again, you know, with the you get these temptations and all that, then I I kind of you know drifted apart a bit. And then I was listening to the speech. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Sa'ad Taslim. Yes, uh, Al Maghrib. Uh, he gave a speech saying that you know at night, if you pray at night, that's when you're closest to Allah, right? And then uh, if you pray like uh, already, you're up. Like people who are like. Not yeah, no, I like at the end of the right before Fajr. The, the last third of the night. Yeah, yeah, the last third of the night. Because Allah is like, you know, the lowest part, uh, lowest uh, heaven and all that. And then he he says that, you know, if you pray at the time and you ask, you know, help me Allah and all that. Because it's hard to pray, right? Even though you want to, but you're, you're, you're so lazy that you just don't, right? 
So I started doing that and then it just, you know, everything fell apart. Like, you know, uh, oh, fell. Fell into place. <laughs> fell into <Yeah>. place. <laughs> fell into place, right? Yeah, yeah. So after that, I never looked back. It's like, yeah, yeah for me, uh, Ramadan Beautiful. was the best time also. to Ramadan kicked in as well at the same yeah. time. And it just, it's like that extra little boost that keeps yeah, you going. Yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah. I mean, what is it? I think um, if I remember well, um, if I remember listening to something that had to do within uh, psychology or maybe it was in a book I was reading many years ago. Uh, that said, like, you know, to establish a habit, it can take, you know, six months to a year properly. Yeah. And usually that just means that you've established it, mm -hmm. but you can always kind of walk back at exactly. any point in time. So it's very, very crucial to kind of build that defense system so mm -hmm. that it doesn't go. And I think it even goes all the way to like five to seven years, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken, or mm -hmm. something like that. And of course, you know, psychologists could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but at any point after that, that's when it really becomes a part of your identity. Mm -hmm. And there's something called a uh, cognitive dissonance that kicks in. And it's a little mechanism that we all have as human beings that when your actions kind of contradict your values, so what you believe in, what you stand for, you just naturally get a sense of guilt. And that kind of guilt can actually push you back into doing that action kind of thing. So it can take like five to seven years literally to build that mm -hmm. so that it becomes a part of your identity so that Naturally, you're always going to have that kind of defense mechanism and that point, inshallah, for life in the value, you know, as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps getting us kind of thing. Uh, but it's a long process. It's not easy. And you're going to fall apart many times in that process. And it's fine. Just pick yourself right back up and inshallah, keep going. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Keep trying. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I spoke uh, like, uh, I think yesterday I spoke to my aunt. Mashallah, she's really old. Not going to call out her age. She'll kill me for this. <laughs> uh, she said to me like, you know, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're not perfect, right? We strive for perfection, but we're not perfect. Allah is perfect. Mm -hmm. Allah says that, you know, strive for perfection. So, you know, you don't know what perfect, perfect is, right? So you, you're going for it. And every time you're going to fail, you're going to fail every time, right? So you're like, Allah, Allah loves the fact that, you know, you get up, you go to strive for it again. Right? So she told me that she tells me that, you know, don't think that, you know, once you, you know, you're working on this project, working in the Halakha and all that. One day, you know, 30 kids will show up. The next week, uh, like two kids will show up, you know, then you'll feel down and all that. Don't worry about it. You know, I, for sure, we've seen that, right? Sometimes it's like four kids, including me, him, and uh, another brother, like, you know. <laughs> like, it's like, like, give me some, you're no man. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and, we're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, so, uh, what's up, guys? <laughs> so, you know? so she tells me, like, you know, if she, uh, Allah loves the fact that, you know, you strive for that perfection because you know that. It's there, but you don't know what it is, right? So <laughs> once you told me that, you know, I was like, okay, okay, I got a little more boost, you know? To, to, yeah, it's, yeah, so it's good. That's sure. so true. And it really yeah. connects with the hadith from before, right? Like yeah. uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves uh, the small deeds, mm -hmm. no matter how small, as long mm -hmm. as they're done consistently kind of thing, right? Yeah. So subhanAllah, it's so true. Like, you know, just start with one prayer and, and work your way from there if you can. If you can do all five, great, you know, for your sunnahs like mm -hmm. but it's a habit and it's, it's a long it's a marathon really mm -hmm. so it's not meant to also be a sprint where that's a really like, good point that's a really yeah. good point it's not a sprint it's a marathon because you could burn yourself out right and then the reality is that's it like 100 you become so shy and and almost kind of like and that's a trap from shaitan of course you know I, I think that should be like the log line of this video it's a marathon <laughs> not a sprint 100 i'm not even that's crazy because when when you get into it that. when you get into it and then you want to like i gotta pray everything you know like yeah. now you know yeah. and it's like and then you burn yourself out yeah. and you're like man i can't pray anything it's like bro can yeah. you chill for a second yeah you, exactly like you pray all your prayers try to pray at the mosque when you can build a habit like we were saying mm -hmm. it take it could take seven years you're saying you can never be perfect you guys are saying 
like the, the, the best things. And I think people listening to it are gonna be like, I gotta go pray Fajr tomorrow morning at the mosque. And it's like, yeah, you should. Yeah. But if you don't, don't hate yourself for yeah, it. You it's know? fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's and, a marathon. It's and a marathon. I don't want to get like it's controversial, forever. but like, you know, some, some opinions out there uh, from the Mashiach, of course, uh, have to do with prayer. You know, they'll say like, if you've missed a prayer, you have to make it back. And it's the only way that, you know, you can kind of get forgiven in that way. Like mm. it's, it's basically like the only way that you can do it. But there are other opinions as well that uh, say like, if you've left off like prayer for a while, just make your shahada back, make your sincere talba and just start there. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of forgiving and he's mm -hmm. capable of overlooking and you can just start from scratch and not kind of get overwhelmed and fall into that despair like oh, I missed like 777 prayers in my life and and that, that happens that happens quick by the way. Yeah. 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 700 prayers up. that goes that's, <laughs> that's not even one year of not praying. Yeah. yeah. It's messed up right when you think about it but yeah. No, Yo, yeah. Yo one, like one, one, one year one, one 1500 prayers roughly. Yeah. yeah. One 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 year is like yeah 1500 prayers. Yeah. Oh. 1500 prayers. Yeah, so it adds up quick. 1,800 prayers. Yeah, probably more, right? It's 1,800 prayers. Yeah. It's quick, bro. Math, man. I haven't done that forever, but yeah. Damn, bro. 1,825 and, <laughs> 18, and one yeah. and one quarter. That's that's why like, I, I really appreciate uh, the Mashiach who have these kinds of opinions because the reality is mm -hmm. when you're living in the West, when you're living as a youth in that kind of particular situation, it, it's the reality for a lot of us. And that's just you know how it is unfortunately a lot of us maybe didn't even grow up in like practicing families at mm -hmm. all as well or people who establish prayers themselves mm -hmm. and so when you're growing up and you're missing all of this <clears> and then you look back you're like man i'm really gonna have to make up like you know two thousand prayers now three thousand prayers wherever i'm at and, and look if you want to do it I've, I've i know some uncles who who told me that they they were they were doing it like yeah. presently like I, I met an uncle mashallah who was telling me like he's like yo last week or something or last month or Recently, I just finished making up my prayers. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, for 17 years of my life, I didn't pray. Mm -hmm. So for 17 years of my life, every time I'd pray Dhuhr, I'd pray another Dhuhr. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd pray Asr, I'd pray another Asr, like making one up, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you could do that. Yeah, but but the idea is that there that's not necessarily mandatory upon you. And if you feel like that's a burden on you, then like Nura saying, like, don't, Allah doesn't test you more than you can handle. He doesn't burden you more than exactly. you can bear. That's it, yeah, exactly. 100%. I think that, that 100% echoes exactly what I, I was thinking. Um, yeah. Well, mashallah, guys. Jazakallah khair for your uh, to you, bro. for your knowledge. Mashallah, like I've learned a lot. I don't. I <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm not sure what. <laughs> no, no, no. Mashallah, no, mashallah like you with learned, the hadith uh, and all that. Uh, again, uh, if you guys want to like do closing remarks, if you guys want to say anything before we uh, close it down. Uh, I would just reiterate the point of uh, the people you're with, the, mm -hmm. the environments you surround yourself in. You know, like if you're. Uh, if, if you're the kind of person who wants to take your salah more seriously, then you surround yourself with people who want to take their salah more seriously, right? If you're with people who don't care about prayer, the reality is you're probably not going to care about prayer. Um, you know, my wife and I, we try to make it a point when we're at home, we encourage each other to pray our sunnahs, we encourage each other to, uh, you know, establish those good habits, uh, that Quran habit, that, you know, the fasting habits that we encourage each other, right? So whoever you're living with, whoever you're spending time with, try to encourage each other, inshallah. Um, and you learn from each other and you, you grow off of each other. That's my closing remark. Yeah, I think uh, just kind of touching on that as well is if you get into the habit of uh, being someone who does pray regularly, let's say at the masjid, um, be that person who's a source of goodness when it comes to that, like not a turnoff, but someone who actually promotes it and in a positive way as well. So be that person. Don't be that, you know, downer uh, brother or uncle or sister or anything like that. Be someone who encourages people in a positive way to come to the masjid. And inshallah, you're going to get not only your reward for praying there, 
but also hopefully their reward as well for being that you know environment and being that push uh, to have a person kind of establish their person in Masjid. Yeah. We learned a lot from you, bro. Just having this conversation yeah, is a blessing, mashallah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, for me, like I was trying to get you for a long time, and mashallah, like I think it was like uh, three weeks ago, or two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, literally. Like yeah. Uh, I met him, and I'm like, I got I out of my cave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I saw him, like I have to, I have to get him on the podcast. <laughs> I brought him, like, yo, give me two minutes. You're coming real quick. You know two minutes I mean? to an hour podcast. Yeah. Mashallah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Alhamdulillah. Again, just trying to remind you guys that every Friday we have the halakha at 7.30, 30, mm-hmm. 30. Uh, and uh, we have, uh, you know, Brother Khodr or anyone giving, uh, this no. week, uh, no, sorry, can't do this week. What do you mean? Because I don't know when we're dropping this episode. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, true. So, cool. inshallah, every Friday we have uh, halakhas and uh, given, halakha given by Brother Khodr or anyone, or Brother Noor or inshallah, like if they're busy, I'll, I'll give the halakhas. Or yes. Brother Noman, shout out to Brother Noman. Um, and <laughs> I'm stressing. Oh, sorry, this is guys. the worst promo ever, right, guys, guys. guys. The halakha is much better than this. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yusuf comes, he's ready when he gives a halakha. Mashallah, yeah. he's on the ball. He's not looking uh, for no man's name. Yeah, so we got uh, basketball, we got food, uh, we got uh, holder, we got Yusuf playing ball. We have all that. We got uh, yeah, mashallah, everything. So inshallah, I'll see you guys soon on, on what's it called again? Voices of Him? No, Umma Talk. You for real? Yeah, it was on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> on purpose? Yeah, yeah. Well, they, it was on purpose.